Okay. Uh, Zevon did not like it. <laughs> no, just let, just shoot from the hip. Okay. Okay. Welcome back to Famous Last Words, a film podcast. Film. Podcast about films. And making films occasionally, sometimes, maybe. And watching films a lot. Most of the time. <laughs> Every day. Um, a film a day keeps the doctor away, as long as you get 5,000 steps a day. Yeah. Or if you're me, then... 6,000. No, I just mean... I'm always at the doctor oh, right, <laughs> for my yeah. various injuries. <laughs> a film a day, you go to the doctors regardless. Mm-hmm. Who are uh, you? Oh, I'm Andrew. Oh, I'm Teresa. And we're the Magnificent Aldens. We are. Who are not related by blood. No, no. But this great state of Massachusetts has said we can be together. The Commonwealth of the Massachusetts. Commonwealth, yes, that's true. Today we're, I mean, people have already seen the title, so they know what we're already talking about because they've probably decided whether they want to listen based on the title. But today we're talking about a comparison of the, the, the both of the takings of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Uh, the first one uh, from 1974 was directed by Joseph Sargent. Good job, Joseph. Yeah, thanks, Joseph. 1.23 p.m. A crowded subway train starts its run from Pelham Station in the Bronx. 1.45 p.m. Four desperate, heavily armed men seize control of the train. Open the door or I'll blow your head off. Taking 17 people as hostages. Your attention, please. Now then, you'll all remain seated. Anybody who tries to rise is going to get shot. There it is. That's, uh, that's the movie. That's the movie uh, in a nutshell. It has that nice 1970s sound to it. Right. Yes, it does. Yeah. That tinny sound. (laughs) Um, I really like the taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, the original. I had not seen it. I'd only seen the remake. So uh, the original is, I would say, surprisingly violent for the 70s. I think like a lot of these movies, you're expecting the violence to be like, oh, they're not actually going to kill a person till the end and the stakes will be what the stakes will be. Uh, but this movie is, uh, yeah, they kill people like pretty much right away uh, in this one. And uh, I think it's better for it. I think it's uh, pretty gritty. There's uh, some stuff in the beginning, particularly with the Japanese people that are like looking at the uh, uh, subway system uh, that uh, doesn't age well. That ages <laughs> like store bought mayonnaise in the sun. Um, but yeah, what do you think of this movie? Yeah, I agree. Like, um it's very thrilling and suspenseful and they do a good job like carrying you through it and i didn't feel bored at all um this one also uses some kind of goofy humor in it which was like a little bit of a surprise to me but i feel like it worked well um which is very very different from the remake which was i had also seen that like years ago and never seen the original till just now should we should we just play the should we just play the uh intro to or the the trailer for the the remake and then we can start comparing them yes we shall here it comes violence and perverse language okay i'm gonna need the r train to switch over to the express tracks at 34th street Oh, 
a lot of speed ramps in this trailer. Unlock and stop printing. Yeah, that movie is very much a product of its time. Uh, that is The Taking of Pelham 123, directed by Tony, St- Tony Scott. That came out in 2009. Uh, I would have said 2003, from the way the movie culturally reminds me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it stars Denzel Washington and John Travolta. Very different vibes. Very, very different <laughs> vibes. And, uh, you know, this is peak Tony Scott. So Tony Scott, you know, he... he made um the hunger which we have a podcast about the david bowie vampire movie um but he also made you know uh true romance and top gun and unstoppable and domino and he had a very specific style he's the brother of ridley scott his style was very very these late early 2000s mid 2000 movies had a had a look to them that was like you know very stylized it was a lot of speed ramps a lot of step printing you know and uh, a lot of contrast he made man on fire too i believe yeah different yeah a lot of actiony stuff lots of like quick cuts fast pace yeah deja vu and man on fire he made a bunch of movies with denzel i guess they must have gone along uh, i mean it's interesting that both films while completely different tones they stick to the same story pretty well like some differences in terms of the Denzel's character and uh, Walter Matthau's character. Yeah, like they're they're a little bit different. Um, like Walter Matthau's like the cop, right? He's, He's like, like the a co- subway cop. The subway cop, who's which is kind of a laughable position. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> and then Denzel's like a an op, like a call operator. Right. Yeah. He's just a call. You know. And I guess uh, the extra added intrigue, and this is kind of classical that period of movies, is like. Denzel is morally ambiguous. Like, did he mm-hmm. take money? Like, he was in Japan looking at trains, and oh, guess, that's right. and and it's like morally ambiguous whether or not he took a bribe. And John Travolta plays the bad guy in uh, the new one. In in the old one, it's Robert Shaw. And basically, and you know, trigger if your language sets you off in a bad way. Motherfucker is like every other word that comes out of John Travolta's mouth in this movie, <laughs> almost to like a comic. Yeah. Like a com- comedical, you know, it doesn't even make sense. He doesn't even like he, he's inserting motherfucker into words that like into sentences that don't even make sense. Just cram it in there. Just cram it in there. <laughs> and I would say actually the 1970s one is, is uh, you in the 1971s you you kind of want the, them to get away with it. After a while, they kind of do this thing that movies do really well in books is where you kind of start to root for the villains even though you, they're clearly awful. Mm-hmm. But you, at the end of the of the 70s one, I kind of want them to like get away with it. I want them to to make their chase. I really like in the old one too is they all feel really like people. And uh, I mean, John Travolta being a Muppet essentially. Uh, he's a motherfucking Muppet. <laughs> a motherfucking Muppet. Um, <clears throat> but like the mayor has a cold and is like in bed in the other one. And one of the robbers has a cold and is in bed or has a cold throughout the. Mm-hmm. the the original one and like their character they feel like really real people the other thing too is just like you know there's like in 2009 like the guy's on the on the computer with his girlfriend and she's like streaming it and it's like all kind of like convoluted it's like 
the logic is pretty paper thin in the new one. Yeah, I think the old one, the script does a really good job of, like you said, making you kind of root for the villains. And I think the way they they achieve that is there's one guy in their pack that like he's... Is much worse than the others. Yeah, he's just like trigger happy and just kind of evil. And the rest of them are just like, they just want money. So they're trying to pull off this heist. Um, And the main guy who, the, the guy who has the cold is really like endearing and... Um, yeah, he, he's been like, you know, unfairly or maybe fairly, you know, dismissed from the Metro. And he's like, you know, a former employee that got the shaft, I think. I may be mm-hmm. mixing them up. But yeah, no, no, he just didn't so, show up for work. He, that's how they find him in the end is they, he didn't show up for work. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So they do a good job, like having the one villainous person in their crew that you can you know, everyone is kind of against, and so you end up kind of rooting for the other robbers who isn't, like, the really bad guy. Um, yeah, and then the new one is not quite as subtle as that. Right, yeah. The uh, In the new, I mean, in the old one, too, like, they try to do the same thing where there's, like, a bad guy. There's a, a bad guy amongst the bad guys. Um, but the thing that is great in the first one and, terrible in the second is the bad guy amongst the bad guys in the remake is the main bad guy mm-hmm. so it kind of makes them hard to be sympathetic with them yeah exactly um the other thing too is it's like it's for money on both of them but it sounds like john travolta is already kind of a scumbag with like mm-hmm. there's no redeeming factors and it's like robert shaw is a mercenary but you still kind of feel for him in the original he's um you know he's a soldier of fortune who's between wars and he's doing it but at the end he does like he clearly doesn't want to get caught he clearly probably there's so much regret and so much gravitas to his performance that like spoiler i guess i mean if you're listening <laughs> this movie came out in 1974 so it's like you know 50 years old um but he kills himself by putting his foot on the third rail mm-hmm. i really like in the both of them but particularly in the first one is there's so much procedural like they have to get money. They're going to give them the money they want. It takes them forever. The car flips over, right? Like mm-hmm. in the in both of them, the car like something happens with the car, and the car gets. Yeah, yeah. So like it has all this really good suspense built in, built in because you know they're on a deadline to get the the money to the train, and you're trying to figure out how they're going to do it all. And then when they get the money, you're like, okay, how are they going to get out? Because the whole time in the movie, and even the like characters say this. Um, they're like, well, what do you mean? Like, they, they're underground. Like, what are they going to do once <laughs> they have the money? How are they going to get out? So right. it's fun to see, like, how that actually works. And it's all, the, the, the tension is so high because they've already killed people at, by the time the money is happening in the original. Like, they've already shot someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, it's really tense because you're like, oh, are, how are they going to solve this money issue? Are they going to actually kill another another one of the hostages what's going to happen and one of the hostages is a cop which is like a, a a small detail that they would have blown up into like this big thing is that even in the remake is there one of them a cop i don't know one of them is a like green beret or like a marine or something mm-hmm. but that like doesn't really play out no yeah yeah this the new one's just meant to be like way more gritty and actiony and like in your face like this is an action film like but the old old one is not like that yet it feels a little bit more thrilling and suspenseful yeah 
uh, yeah, I mean, I think that in some ways, in the original, there's a shootout between Walter Matthau and, and Robert Shaw. And it feels like it's because they had to, like they neither of them really wanted to have a shootout with each other. And they ultimately had to have it. Whereas in the Tony Scott remake, they set up the whole movie to have this big Brooklyn Bridge shot where, you know, they're staring each other down, you know. Of course. <laughs> and this average guy is going to shoot this person, you know, like who has killed no one, right? I don't think he ever killed anyone in the... I mean, he's just a bad guy because he's endangering these lives and that doesn't make him any less of a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But like, it the, it feels like at one point they're like, okay, but at the end of the movie where the New York skyline's going to be sunset and they're going to be on the Brooklyn Bridge and they're going to be like between these two, you know, they're going to be on one walkway and the other person's going to be on the, you know, with traffic and see this big epic thing we can shoot on a helicopter and it'll be, you know, like super intense. Yeah, both. I mean, both films are really representative of like, the popular films that were made during that time and the style of them. So that was, you know, early to late 2000s was that vibe. Yeah. Tony Scott, I mean, I think a lot of those movies probably don't age well. I haven't gone back to watch Man on Fire or Deja Vu or um, Domino or Unstoppable. But, I'm, you know, I think he definitely made movies in a style, like unabashedly near the end of his life. Yeah, he had his thing and he owned it. <laughs> right, and and if you look at the original Top Gun or The Hunger, those are movies that are made with a ton of style of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very clear that he shot a lot of commercials because they feel a little bit like commercials. They're like pizzazzy, in your face. Well, The Hunger is the one that kind of stands out to me as a completely different vibe from the rest of his films. It is slower. Yeah, it is very, it, it feels more commercial, like an ad, but it's, I feel like it's a little bit more artful than his other stuff. It looks, it reminds me of the Bonnie Taylor music video for uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> well, if you want to hear our review about The Hunger, uh, yeah, you dig should. back into our archives from when we did the 30 Days of Horror. Yeah, you should go check it out. And so- we recommend watching... The old version of Pelham, taking a Pelham. Uh, yeah, it's on Max. I think it's really worthwhile. If you're really into 70s movies, this is a, like a classic 70s movie. Mm-hmm. We, we have a mailbag question. Oh, we do? Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, let it rip. Uh, Mac Nifty Blogger says, uh, the Barbenheimer craze is sweeping the nation. What was your favorite? What, what was your, I guess they mean both of us, favorite movie going experience during in period period oh i I see i mean because not related to barbenheimer not related to barbenheimer which we're reviewing on next week's episode oh yeah Yeah. we are yeah dangle yeah (laughs) so hit that subscribe and give us a very positive review even if you don't believe in us this is america after all yeah (laughs) um one of my favorite movie going experiences no. I don't I make have, up these questions. Yes, you do. You, no, you have no. time to think about them, and I don't. So mm, you go first. I don't make up these questions. They are sent in on $20 bills mm. to one famous Last Words Plaza. Okay, go. You uh, give me yours. Uh, see, I know we've already talked about it in the podcast, but uh, going to see The Great Gatsby on our, you know, on our honeymoon. Oh, that was really great. That was a good one. I'd say that one, too, because... If I don't, it'll seem like I'm a bad wife. Okay. <laughs> Second favorite. Okay. 
I really enjoyed seeing Black Swan with you in Boston. Oh, at the AMC Lowe's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we went to college, we were, yeah, we went to college in Boston and that came out. And I, even though it was like a hard experience coming out, because you're just like, it's so good and it's so hard Emotionally to take. take it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it, I just remember you were like, that movie broke my hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. If you had a late 2000, if you had a, like, Taking a Pelham one two three. If you had like a late two thousands, like a two thousand nine ten MacBook Pro, you too probably <laughs> realized that it had hard drive issues. I also really liked going to see the thing at midnight. Oh, that's a good one. A little while ago, a few years ago, but I fell asleep for sure because I'm old and I can't stay up that late. But that's a great movie to see with a bunch of people. Yeah, it would have been maybe more energizing if we had more people and we weren't in our old years. Yeah, <laughs> I really like seeing Suspiria. Ooh. With uh, Claudio Simonetti, the uh, composer, yeah. playing the score live with his uh, prog rock band. And that was very recently, and that was awesome. Yeah, that was so, last fall. We yeah. should have reviewed that on the podcast. Whoopsie. Whoops. <laughs> They're coming back. They're doing uh, something else. We should. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, then we'll I'll, 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 that. I don't think it's Deep Red, though. So. Oh, then we're not going to see it. Just okay. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Canceled. Um, yeah, so uh, this has been our podcast. Oh, well, the music just kicks right in, huh? I don't know how it does it. I'm just, um, I'm Andrew. I'm Teresa. Bye. Bye.